360 Ed TV is brought to you by Rice Studios and Agility. Professor Bob Fox, your academic lead curriculum, Office of the Pro Vice Chancellor Education at UNSW. You're most welcome, 360 Ed TV. Um, Bob, um, before we launch into uh, some of the work that you've been doing around uh, effective blended teaching pedagogies, I just wanted to go back to a piece that you wrote uh, in your book, Reforming Learning and Teaching in Asia Pacific Universities. And you wrote, MOOCs are seen as a catalyst to unbundle higher education in a new way. And they provide opportunity for new thinking and working in offering courses in non-traditional ways. I'd be interested in your thoughts on any differences and similarities that you see in relation to um, Hong Kong, China, more broadly, globally, uh, about the idea of embracing uh, unbundling of educational services. Mm, yeah, certainly. Um, well, I think it's interesting. It, it, it's uh, rather than what's happening in particular regional areas, geographic mm. areas, I think it's interesting to see the different um, university approaches to unbundling higher education. So, for example, at the University of Hong Kong, um, their MOOCs have been um, really as exemplars of excellent practice. They're very high-end, high-quality, high-production quality, fabulous videos, nicely put together tasters, uh, introductions Ooh. to programs and courses. Based and on that Coursera model of high-end High end, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, also used very much as marketing and as as branding their own institutions. But I'm seeing that changing now as they gain more experience in offering MOOCs, as we did at the University of New South Wales, um, where we actually introduced MOOCs as very much of a controlled experiment. Mm. So to actually trial it um, with a small number, originally with eight, and now we've got what something like thirty running. Um, they were as tasters, but we also found that actually developing these small micro courses in the form of MOOCs could also supplement existing courses and could also mm. not only supplement, but could actually potentially take the place of components of formal courses and programs. So you can have them open in the form of a MOOC or you can have them closed in the form of a book, mm. blended online on-campus courses. Mm. So it's basically, it's the same uh, package, it's the same micro course that can be multi-purposed. And then thinking about that, now that micro course, if other components of the courses use the same kind of curriculum models, then there is an, a potential to then unbundle those from different courses and rebundle them to form new agile solutions to uh, needs of different groups, depending on you know where they're coming from and where they mm. are in their particular careers, why they want that particular education experience. So the ability to be more agile in the way that you're creating new product that's more yep. aligned with stakeholder needs, whether it's in the the, the business space, corporates. Yep. Students themselves are seeking particular solutions to their employment or career. Yes. Spaces. Oh, good. Yes. Good. And I see that. And I, I just came back last week. I was at a conference mm. in Hong Kong. Certainly, um, that's what they're doing too. So mm. we're actually in a similar, I mean, around the world, um, we're doing these experiments with MOOCs 
and we're coming up with, oh, maybe we can um, repurpose that or reuse it mm. as a component of a course. So a lot of people are actually thinking about this. So mm. it's not just MOOCs standalone, it's looking at packaging and repackaging these MOOCs. Um, maybe you have a whole set of MOOCs together that could take the place of a component mm. of an accredited course, or just one MOOC which takes the place of a component of an mm. accredited course. No, thank you. And look, just quickly, uh, just for, um, for, for, for some insight uh, for our uh, viewers, uh, UQ uses edX, um, RMIT's been doing to work with FutureLearn. Uh, was there a particular partnership or approach that UNSW took? Well, the approach that we took was not to um, get lined in with a particular platform, so mm -hmm. that we used um, Coursera, yep. we use FutureLearn, yep. and we also have our own in-house uh, open learning platform as well, yep. which, which comes from So you can spin your own up as you need to. We could, we could use whatever platform we want at the moment, and we could use those, and the different platforms privilege different ways of using the technology. So some are good at some things, and some are better at others. Um, I won't say which are better at either, at any particular uh, solution, but they're all different. Um, at the end of the day, we have to choose a platform that suits the kind of pedagogy and the kind of learning experience we want our students to have. Mm -hmm. I know Jeff Crisp uh, reasonably well, and I know that uh, as he came into PVC, he was looking at those kinds of technology pieces as well. Uh, and I'm just, I guess, many institutions are looking to mainstream uh, blended online modes, and they're doing it with various levels of success. Um, are there any design principles that you found critical in striking the right balance between digital and face-to-face -face learning environments? I think to answer that, the first thing would be that one needs to have an agreed or shared platform for the curriculum, and that's why we've developed our uh, integrated curriculum framework, which is a standard for which everything else can move. Within that standard, it's basically a constructively aligned standard, Bigsian constructively aligned uh, curriculum framework, which has um, the graduate capabilities, the direction that the university wants to go in at the top level, which needs to be integrated and incorporated into the program or degree, award-bearing uh, diploma, learning outcomes, yep. then those program learning outcomes then need to be articulated with course learning outcomes, with what happens in the course, the kind of activities that students are involved in, um, the kind of assessments that are going on there, and of course then how that program and its courses that make up that program are evaluated. So you start off with um, a shared platform for the curriculum framework. Then in terms of the courses that are engaged in that, there also needs to be certain standards, certain things that need to be covered. Research tells us that the most important thing in any course is not content. It's how students are engaged and motivated mm -hmm. in doing things. It's getting students to be actively involved in acquiring the, the skills, the knowledge, and the applications of those skills and knowledge to be able to then evidence or demonstrate that they have achieved the learning outcomes that were set. So really activities and developing good activities is mainstream. Thinking about uh, the kinds of activities that work best in a face-to-face -face and an online is something that needs to be worked across and what work well across both. So within say project work or problem solving or 
case studies, investigations, that kind, those kinds of uh, types of activities broadly, the research shows us, lend themselves to quality engagement, quality activity. And then you've got to make sure that you provide um, the students with the appropriate resources, both in terms of content and tools, appropriate kind of support in terms of the, the technology, um, the, the uh, technical training and, and assistance, because not all students are digitally native. We assume that they are, but they're not. Hmm. And what does digital native mean? It means that they may be very good. They've all got iPhones. They're using smartphones. They know how to socially network. But does it mean they know how to use that technology to support and improve their own learning experience? No. So we need hmm. then to provide the structures, the scaffolds to enable them to do that, to use the technology successfully to support their own blended and online learning. Hmm. Then, of course, we need to encourage them to engage in interactivities with each other because students learn a lot from each other as well as from tutors. So the support is important, particularly in a digital environment. And finally, we really need to ensure that the students have an, a feedback mechanism, whether it's a technologically fixed one or whether it's uh, a person-based one, that enables them to monitor how well they're doing as they're progressing through the course on a regular, constant way. So that could be through rubrics, through kind of scaffolding frameworks that enable them to monitor, I should be able to do this by this, this point in the course. Am I able to do it? Here's a way I can check. Here's the rubric that identifies what I should be able to do. Am I successful in doing it? So the students need to take on more responsibility for their own learning through this way, and this mm. will also motivate them. But then students should take on responsibility for helping each other as well to monitor how each other are going. And again, they can do that through these scaffolding ways. This can be done in a face-to-face -face environment, but the technology can also help us do that through creating, for example, rubrics that have, if you like, traffic-like signals. Mm. We can clearly identify the students at risk, and then the tutor can then do some input and say, okay, well, what's going on here? This week you weren't able to do it and you haven't reached the level that you have been doing in previous weeks. What's happening? What do you need to do to change it so that you can upskill? Because we don't want you to fall behind. And I think in an online environment, um, these kinds of indicators are more essential to provide students in a regular weekly way so that they know how they're doing they can self-assess, they can help each other mm. to assess, and also the tutor can then provide additional support for those students that are failing. So we need that kind of those kinds of structures. Mm. So as we move more into a this mix of face-to-face -face and online and in this blended way, we need to think of what works best in the face-to-face -face in our different subjects and areas, and what works really well in an online. So making that mix right and each program, each each course is different. You mm. can't have a fix. Indeed, indeed. And I, I guess, as I'm just reflecting on what you're talking about, there the the use of digital technologies more broadly across the learning experience enables us to gather data points, just at the transactional yes uh, points as well, um, behaviourally, uh, dispositionally. There's a whole variety of pieces that we can now start to. Uh, look at that gives us, gives us a sense of how the students are actually navigating through mm. the campus or the virtual campus and, and, and what are the pieces that are actually better supporting their success. Yeah, very good.
Um, just continuing that theme of technology-rich environments, what wisdom could you offer to help um, practitioners make better use of technology uh, to manage the assessment and, and feedback process? Because that really is a, is, is a key one if we're talking mm. about active learning. Mm. Well, it, what you say here just reminds me of a quote from a book that I read some time ago by Tony Bates. He said, um, if you've only got a hammer, everything look, looks like a nail. Mm. Uh, and the point is the technology can be like that. Uh, so the real question is not that, but the question underlying that is, what is it that you want the students to be able to do, to be able to evidence, to be able to demonstrate, sometimes to be able to measure mm. the students in their level of achievement in their assessment and then what's the best sets of activities what are the best resources what kind of support what kind of feedback works best to enable the students to do that and which technology affords that whether the technology is face-to-face -face mm. or whether the technology is digital so what is the mix that is best and I think that's the way to look at it so to always come back to the the questions of what are we expecting students to be able to demonstrate in evidence mm. That's always yep. the, 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 the point, because if we do that too, then the students will come with us because they're focused on being successful. Obviously, clearly, we have to make that plain. We have to make it clear that we've given them this assignment because it, it absolutely links to the learning outcomes that were set. It absolutely links and aligns to everything that we've covered in the course and the activities we've given. They've all gone towards providing you with the opportunity to learn successfully to be able to then demonstrate that you've achieved the learning outcomes that were set. And a variety of artifacts Absolutely. To, 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 to validate that learning. So universities have been you know, leveraging a lot of their own research, obviously, and not-for-profit organisations such as Quality Matters, as they started to really hone in on the development of appropriate standards for quality course design for blended online programs. Um, could you share a little of what UNSW has been doing uh, in this space in thinking about um, the quality course design piece? Again, again, we go back to the curriculum framework. Mm. We go back to the constructively aligned framework yeah. because it all comes back to that. So when you're evaluating, what are you evaluating and why? Okay, mm. And then what are you going to do with that evaluation that's going to make improvements? You can do evaluation in terms of the quality assurance in terms of the programs, in terms of the courses that the program is, that, the, that make up the program. You can also do it to how individual cohorts are doing. There may be you know, some cohorts that are more successful than others and identifying why, what that is. If we have a common core platform of understanding in terms of mm. curriculum design, the integrated curriculum framework at UNSW, for example, then we have that shared platform that we can evaluate from. And we can, if we then look at our individual courses, if we're using the RAISE model, for example, which I talked about in my mm. presentation today, if we're all using that, then we can make comparisons between the same course taught by a multitude of different teachers. Some may be working uh, better than others. So if we can identify those that are in need of more support, we can, through this kind of evaluation, we can say, okay, well, we need to provide these teachers with more kind of capability building kind of activities to get them up to speed of the other teachers who are teaching the same courses, the same curriculum, but seem to be being more successful. So the evaluations that one can do, uh, if they're based around 
um, what it is that we're expecting students ultimately to be able to uh, demonstrate and evaluate uh, uh, evidence at the end of their programs and then working backwards from that how well were they in achieving the learning outcomes at mm. the program and the course levels and then the kind of um, learning analytics that we've got within that can look at that huge smorgasbord that's looking at the totality the feedback we're getting from the totality of the program from the totality of the courses and from the feedback we're getting from individual lessons and and the sessions mm. whether it's face to face or lectures or workshops or online we can get that feedback um, given to us by students in an informal way just in time so as the class is happening for example the teacher can be getting feedback anonymously about how it's going and then can make just in time adjustments to the way that he or she is actually yeah to, to have yeah to, to have a sense of you know where you need to point the tiller yeah, uh, yeah. Is, is is powerful i think also to be able to then reflect on that back in time point in time down the track to work out what activities content approaches most resonated and produced the best outcomes for yeah, students absolutely absolutely um, you touched on analytics, and I'm not going to go there today. That's that's a conference in itself. Yeah. Well, there are lots of conferences around this. But, um, Bob, I'd like to thank you for your uh, insights today. I know uh, the folks out in the foyer have been absolutely um, uh, wrapped to, 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 to understand the work that you're doing. Your session around um, micro-credentialing, the way in which you're looking at teasing out the, the components and then stacking them back into a whole variety of, of products, programs, uh, was fascinating. So on behalf of 360 TV, Bob, thank you. Thanks very much.